You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass, the radio show. This is your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Heard exclusively here on www.octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show in the future as a podcast, maybe off of Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, or one of the other various podcasting services that we're now using to beam our message around the world, we would encourage you to consider listening to our program live here on OC Talk Radio. This show is brought to you by Succession Strategies and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, to make better decisions. If you're listening to us live today and you'd like to participate in the conversation, there's a very easy way to do that. Find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, log in, this will allow you to communicate with our producers. Today, our producer is Paul Roberts, and um, hopefully he'll be able to bring your thoughts, ideas, or questions to my attention as the host, and I might be able to work them into the conversation that I plan to have today with our featured guests. If you're listening to the program today because you were expecting to hear Larry from Gallup, Unfortunately, Larry is unable to attend the program today. A last-minute uh, requirement called him to be out of town. We will definitely have Larry back on the program later this year. Uh, we're working right now with his people to find a time that will be convenient for him to be live on octalkradio.net, critical mass. It just won't be today, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for that. The good news, though, is that we're going to have more time to spend with an exciting entrepreneur here in Orange County. Her name is Cheryl Beck. And she is the founder and CEO of Bold Girls. Bold Girls is a brand built from the beginning to give back. The brand's name, Bold, is an acronym for Brave, Original, Loving, and Daring. I'm glad you decided to join me today and Cheryl as I ask her questions and we explore her brand and firm better. And her firm is focused on highlighting and empowering girls. So it's great gives me great pleasure to welcome to the program, Cheryl. Welcome to Critical Mass, the radio show. Thank you. It's so great to be on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, ever since I first met you those few months ago at the Orange County Business Journal's Entrepreneur of the Year uh, luncheon, I knew that I wanted to have you on the program, and so it's great to finally be able to have you on the show. Let's start, Cheryl, by asking you to Explain your professional background. Well, my professional background is pretty vast. I started my career in sales and uh, was lucky enough to be trained by some of the top Fortune 500 companies and get some fabulous sales training, which um, is you know invaluable throughout my career. But I found my passion was really marketing, events, and I... Um, I was, I've been in the East Coast, and I spent 12 years in Philadelphia uh, working for um, media companies. And then I um, went to New York City, and I started my own company, consulting company in marketing, and um, worked for a lot of startups in New York City. 
everything from sporting goods to uh, wine. <laughs> so it's um, it really had a, a different um, background. But it's always I really enjoyed working for startups because I really have an entrepreneurial spirit, and it was I was able to learn and use my marketing skills to help these companies grow, and at the same time learn you know, how to make a business successful. So that's my um, background that led me to where I am today in my own venture. I want to understand you, you spent time in both the beautiful city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, and then New York City. Um, yep. If you had to say to our audience, some of which they may live currently in Philly or New York, did you have a preference to the city? Which city you liked? Well, they're both so different. I still call Philadelphia home. I still am a diehard Eagles fan, and uh, you know, I uh, definitely um, love the fact it's like a big, small town, and everyone in Phil is a great place to do business. The, the networking environment was fabulous, and so it was a great place to um, to uh, live and work. Um, going to Manhattan, of course, is a totally different animal, and it was an experience that I I always say, you know, working and living in Manhattan was the greatest thing I've ever done, and then leaving Manhattan was the greatest, second greatest thing I've ever done. But I um, enjoyed the, um, you know, the energy of Manhattan, but everything is so separated. So every industry from Wall Street to the fashion industry they operate separately, so there's not so the networking isn't really across industries. It's really everybody just um, swims in their own pond. So, in the uh, spirit of full disclosure, I have to let you know that I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, wow! I wish I'd known that before. <laughs> Would that have affected your decision to be on my program? <laughs> I like you anyway. <laughs> exactly. As long as you like root, you know, strongly for someone, that's all that matters. You know, if you say you don't care, I don't like that. I like people that are passionate about their sports. You can't grow up in Pittsburgh without becoming a Steelers fan. I mean, that's I think right. it's a. Uh, so you required. understand. You understand how I could bleed green, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm also a Cowboys <laughs> fan, but let's not digress let's stay focused on business and entrepreneurship i am so intrigued by the business that you're now that you started and that you're now leading tell the audience more about bold girls well bold girls first started out with a fashion brand and with apparel and accessories with empowering messages for the tween market and i had not had a background in necessarily fashion and retail, but I really wanted to start a business that was empowering for young girls and also had a philanthropic mission. And the brand really stands out because the logo is in the shape of a G, which looks like a peace sign symbol. So everyone always says, why is the G, why is the peace sign broken? I said, it's not broken, it's just a G for girl. And then they get the whole, aha, they love it. They love it. So um, the, the brand has evolved into a retail concept that is not only merchandise, but a complete entertainment experience. So I have a stage and a runway right in the middle of my store, 
and big backdrop. So, you know, people come into the store and they're like, wow, what is this? Like, they, I'm like it's a fashion runway is what I say. And so, um, so now I'm not only a um, apparel brand, but I'm a full retail store concept and I'm trying to build the Bold Girls brand that, so not just for apparel. So what gave you the inspiration again? Uh, how did, what, take us yeah, back that's to the... A, that's a, <laughs> that again could be a long story, but I really was in New York and wanted to start my own business. And I really wanted to figure out what it was that I was passionate about. And I really, um, I really had to um, figure out what it was that I was passionate about. So I decided that empowering girls was one of my passions. And also um, I wanted to raise money and awareness for girls' causes around the world. And specifically, I had read the book Three Cups of Tea, which some people... I'm not familiar with that book. Right. It's, um, it's really a book about a, a guy who builds schools for girls in, um, like, Pakistan and third world countries. And um, that sounds like probably a story you've heard before, but this guy has really started a movement and created awareness for the fact that girls um, don't have um, money or education, you know, to go to school in third world countries. And uh, there's so many major corporations that are getting behind that, um, anything from Nike. So it, it prompted me to research the plight of women and girls around the world, and it's amazing um, what I've learned. And um, I really just became passionate about that as my platform. So I wanted to get into a business that supported that initiative. Well, that's we're going to talk more about that as we get into the interview here today, Cheryl. We are going to take a break, a short sponsorship break. And when we come back, I think we've already begun to talk about your guiding principle, your overarching business philosophy, but I, I do want to make sure that we have time for you to share that in your, your passion, if you will, and your guiding principle. So when we get back, ladies and gentlemen, that'll be the next question that I have lined up for Cheryl Beck of Bold Girls, but there will be others. Stay tuned after we spend a little bit of time with our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Succession-Strategies.com 
Succession.com. Succession planning for your family's continued success. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Back to Critical Mass, the radio show. Cheryl Beck, founder of Bold Girls, is our guest today. She's a native from Philadelphia, which caused me to look up in my archives. Last year, I had the nephew of the founder of Pat's Cheesesteaks. I don't know if you've ever frequented Pat's Cheesesteaks when you lived in Philadelphia or not. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Pat. All, all cheesesteak category isn't necessarily um, budgeted into, into my diet, but um, I love cheesesteaks, and Pat's is one of the best. Interesting story, because we were just in Philadelphia last summer my, for a family vacation, and we had to go down to that. I don't remember the name of the street, but right that is, that's kind of cheesesteak competitive row. Um, exactly. Uh, and Pat's is on one end of the street, and there's another place just up the street, Geno's or something. Geno's. Yep. Yeah, what a great... Uh, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. <laughs> let me do... Let me ask you about your guiding principle. You know, what is that overarching belief that you have as you're building this latest venture? Well, I'd have to say it's doing the right thing, and I know that that sounds kind of cliche, but I've I've learned that if you don't really... If you focus on what is right and what you're passionate about and what you're trying to accomplish, then the money will follow. And I just know that I'm passionate about a lot of different things, but I really want to, again, empower girls. I want to have a retail and store environment where girls just feel really good about themselves or they feel good about themselves here I want to deliver a quality environment, so that means, you know, don't skimp on the staff and the services, and that's just what's going to take me to the next level, is not worrying about so much of, but just making sure I'm doing the right things and right by my customer every single second of the day. That is simple. To appreciate, I love the guiding principles that are easy to understand, and most of the entrepreneurs that have been on the program deliver a very clear guiding principle. I, I'm also thinking, though, I have to think and ask you, Cheryl, that that can be tested on a regular basis to do the right thing by your customers, etc. I mean, it just—I'm sure you can think back to maybe not that long ago when you know, again, in the heat of the moment, especially in the retail space. You know, that principle is being tested by either the environment or a customer or your employees or something that puts it to the test. 
Exactly. And I've even, um, you know, put that to the test because you start thinking, oh, well, if I cut maybe this or um, if I do this, try doing this, uh, uh, like, a, you know, take a shortcut, and then you get called on it. And then you say, God, you know, if I just had, you know, stuck to that, you know, principle and, you know, it's it's just so easy, especially in the retail environment where, you know, rents are hot. The overhead is is very high. Um, you look at ways to, you know, cut cut costs, but you can't do it at the expense of the experience with the customer, because then that'll really be costly. <laughs> so exactly. So so help the audience to understand from your perspective as an entrepreneur, given the various channels you could have chosen. Why did you decide a brick and mortar? What what was it about a retail space that drove you in that direction, Cheryl? Well, that's a good question because um, it was a big risk to do brick and mortar. But I, as I mentioned, I'd started this business online, and it was it, it is very hard to launch any uh, fashion brand online because. What I learned the hard way is girls really need to try it on. They need to touch it. They really, uh, girls and women, you know, trying on and, and touching and feeling clothes is part of the experience. And so when they have it, when they try it on, or they even see it on a hanger, they have much more of an emotional connection, like I have to have that. But that doesn't, that gets lost online. So... Initially, the first year, I was doing the online sales, but I was going out and doing events, and I had a kiosk, and every time I would do an event and I would be literally in front of my customer, they would light up, they loved the product, I would sell a lot of product, and so, you know, you really start getting that aha moment that, gosh, I really need to be in retail. So then the question is, well, why didn't I go in the direction of the wholesale um, but there's a lot of um, difficulties when you're trying to be a fashion brand to try to get into all the big department stores. So I did actually try that route and had a sales rep in L.A. that was um, pitching my brand to Dillard's. And, you know, we, we got some interest, but they're really, it was a very, it's very difficult to get into those big boxes. So I really thought, I wanted to create a store concept where it's not just about clothing, but it's really about experience. It's an experiential environment. Girls can do community service projects here. So it's not just about clothing. So I did talk with some people and investors and researched what was going on in Orange County and I saw that there was a big, um, there was a lack of, like, birthday party destinations for girls in that tween phase. So I, um, you know, researched that more and thought that would be a great combination to have an event space slash retail store. And that has absolutely been dead on to be, you know, a perfect combination. Cheryl, how long did it take after you swung the doors open for you to believe with 
reasonable conviction that you made the right decision with the the risk of taking on a brick and mortar facility? I would say pretty quickly I knew I'd made the right decision. Okay. Uh, it, it definitely was very, very stressful, um, you know, having to write all those upfront checks for inventory and for um, the rent. So, but once I, um, I did a um, Plum District uh, marketing program, which is similar to Groupon, but for moms. Okay. And that, I got on board with that really quickly to get the word out and to get parties going here. And I had such an overwhelming response that once the parties started happening here and then the moms were buying, it just was so um, supportive. The moms, were, the moms were coming from a half an hour away to come here because there was nothing like in San Clemente or there wasn't anything in Rancho San Margarita. So I'm like, you came a half an hour to come here? They're like, yeah, we have nothing like this. You know? So I was like, uh-huh. all right. I'm just uh, couldn't be happier. So it so, was, so uh, that, I would say, within the first 30 to 60 days, I knew I was onto a winning concept. I'm sorry for talking over you, but you, you got me excited. I wanted to ask another question, which sort of, from your perspective, who is really the client? Is it the tween daughter, or is it the mother, or is it both of them? It's absolutely both of them. I would say that um, the good news is the daughters love it, and the mothers love it, because it's empowering, with the empowering messages. So even before I opened this store, when I would have a table or a booth somewhere, I would get moms that would say, oh, honey, come over here, you have to see this. (laughs) <laughs> and I love that quote. The moms are calling the girls over. So um, the moms are very supportive, but the absolute decision maker is the girl. And if the girl doesn't want it, she's not buying it. But the, a mom act, is the one with the credit card. So I really do have um, two people that I have to that have to approve the sale, if you will. <laughs> Um, which makes it difficult. I have a lot of times girls that run into this store, um, but they don't have credit cards on them, but they bring their parents back with the credit cards, and they are the ultimate decision maker. We're going to take our second break, but when we come back, I I want to spend a little bit of time having you explain to our audience the concept of empowerment of young girls, the things that you're doing, for them and their self-image. I, I really, um, before we move on to some of the other business-oriented questions that I have scheduled for you today, and since you are my featured guest and I have a little bit more time with you today than I had originally anticipated, I, I do want you to share um, not only what you're doing, Cheryl, but how, why you think that's uh, important to your brand and what you're getting as far as feedback from your clients as in regards to that, okay? Absolutely. So, Give that some thought. I know it's probably right on the tip of your tongue. You're gonna, it's no problem to answer those questions. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back with this fascinating guest, Cheryl Beck, whose company is Bold Girls. We're going to talk about that and some other business, more business-oriented questions. But we are first going to spend a few minutes with our sponsors. 
there's something happening out there today. All across America, we're seeing encouraging signs of economic recovery. Businesses are once again thinking about new growth, and new opportunities are emerging. But it raises the question, is your company positioned to take full advantage of the economic recovery and the opportunities it presents? Maybe it's time to ask, how has the recession impacted your business model? Is your business as relevant as it once was? Should you consider entering new markets or expanding into new categories? And what do customers really value about their relationship with you? The golden thread through all these questions and the answer to each and every one of them can be found in just one place. Your brand. It's much deeper than your logo and much bigger than your advertising. Your brand is the enabler of your entire business strategy. Rikas Baird is a brand strategy firm that can help. They specialize in business branding. They've helped hundreds of companies from startups to Fortune 500 leverage their brands to drive growth. They can do the same for yours. It's really quite simple. Find out more, just visit brandingbusiness.com. That's www.brandingbusiness.com. And plant the seed for economic growth. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass, the radio show. This is your host, Rick Franzi. So, Cheryl, share with our audience what we had talked about before the break, the idea of empowering your clients, self-image, and the rest as a part of both your brand and what you're doing to deliver on that brand promise. All right. I mean, there's definitely multiple ways that I look at empowering my customer and the um, I, I have to say that there's many organizations out there that are nonprofit that actually do a fabulous job of you know training empowerment you know like the, from the Girl Scouts to Girls Inc etc and I partner with those organizations so I never want to take away from any of the um, what these fabulous organizations do every day to empower women and girls. I, um, what I look to do is taking the fashionable clothing, putting the empowering messages on them. For example, as simply as I can do it, I just put the word bold on the front of most of my shirts. It's not some intricate design, but rather than the girls running around wearing the word pink on their butt or their across their chest or juicy or any of those words, they wear the word bold. And the girl really lights up and feels like she is bold when she's wearing that shirt. So I feel by just that simple word that that is, changes the way the girl feels about herself. But, so that's one way with just the apparel and the accessories. 
But the store itself is a whole other avenue. So there's um, we do fashion show and runway parties, and I try not to really emphasize the glamour or you know get them all like dolled up, dolled up in like clothes that they don't belong in. I really want to just put them in basic clothing, and and there's so many girls that are shy, and it's my job to make them feel comfortable on the runway. If you just ask a girl to walk down the um, walk down the the store on the floor, she'd have no trouble doing that. But you put her in a you know two foot high stage, and she's like, oh, I'm not doing that in front of people. So what I get personal. Um, benefit, you know, where I feel good about myself is where there's a, a girl that comes into a, a birthday party and she's just fearful of, you know, being up there. It's like I, I, I should be like a teacher or something, you know, to make the girl feel really good about herself. And that's my goal, that every girl at a birthday party leaves feeling good about herself. And I make sure all our hair and makeup girls, when we do that kind of party, always, always make the girl feel beautiful about themselves, um, even without the makeup. So that's one way. The third way is I have this back room where one minute it could be a beauty parlor, but the second it's really a community service project room. And I want girls, girls love to do um, like kind of some sewing and fashion projects where they get to make something. So there's other companies that do that, but I didn't really want to be, you know, Project Runway. But I have implemented one of my favorite projects called the Pillowcase Project. And what that does is you girls bring in a pillowcase, and through some cutting and sewing, we turn it into a beautiful little dress that we can donate to girls in Africa or in need in general. So it's called the Pillowcase Project, and I've had a lot of Girl Scout troops in here doing it. And the girls feel good because they're actually doing a sewing project, but they're also giving back at the same time. And moms love it, and that's one of my favorite projects that I really promote heavily um, for girls to come in and feel like they're making a difference. So That, that sounds like a great, worthy project, and it teaches, teaches them a lesson while they're having fun, which is uh, the great way to do it. The father of uh, two children, one a daughter. She's now 21 years old. But I um, can think back to that age bracket, and that is a very challenging time, um, at least in my direct experience, for a young lady as she's kind of. Uh, and so, yeah, what you're doing, I think you're, you're sitting on the right age, time. Like that eight, nine, ten. You know, they're. You know, some are really already bold. <laughs> worry about. But some are just still really in that awkward stage, and they need that's encouragement. And really, the encouragement and the self-esteem, that starts in the home. And I never, ever, you know, forget that in all the ways that my mother, you know, built self-esteem within, within me at an early age. She made me feel not only attractive, but she made me feel really smart. And so I grew up thinking... I could do anything I wanted to do. So it's, um, you can see just by looking at some of these girls that come in here, you know, their parents have really raised a very strong self-esteem girl. And that's good. Uh, I, I, I give them applause, but I also know that it's, 
it, at a very young age, the outside peer world starts to have great influence on your children, um, you know, starting with kindergarten and then going on. But, you know, late grade school, middle school, that's a real challenging time for kids to find their way. And um, I, I guess I'm going I'm to move my questions a little bit back on business side, which is um, because that age group is very aware of trends, I'm, I'm wondering, have you employed a gifting strategy with with any celebrities or has that been a part of how you've built your brand or is it going to be a part of your or is that some, not something that you see fitting with the direction of your firm? No, absolutely. I've, I've honed in on the celebrity market from day one thinking like a lot of um, people think that, oh, if I could just get my shirt on a celebrity or and then I can blog and tweet about it or they'll, they'll tweet about it. And so I've actually done some gifting suites, but I haven't necessarily had um, like a major celebrity caught wearing my shirt that you know put me on the map. So, um, but they have had um, you know some girls from LA you know t- tweet about my clothing, and and so that's definitely been on the radar screen. The um, what I think is most impactful, which I'm switching gears here, is. I want to have a major celebrity in my store to do an appearance because I've seen this done before very effectively where if you get the right um, girl that, tar- you know, that appeals to your target audience and you get her to appear at your store, you'll have hundreds of girls lined up um, to get into the store for her um, autograph and her photo. So that's something that I'm pursuing and I have a couple people in mind, and I'm talking to their agents. It's it's also a it, it's also an expensive way to go when you do a celebrity appearance. But I um I really do believe if it's done if done right, done effectively, that celebrity marketing is fabulous. Well, keep us in mind. I would love to know as you secure that. Maybe we can do a live remote from your. A place where we could come down and cover it. It's great to have um, uh, local media covering your your events. I I know that your store is in Costa Mesa, right? Correct. Uh, how did you select that location for your first store? Right. Well, what I did is um, once I started getting the um, retail concept on my brain. I thought, well, I need to educate myself on what's going on, you know, kind of identify some interesting locations, talk to, you know, find out what the going rate is. And um, so I talked to, I I went in, it was twofold. I talked to um, just people that lived in this area about where they think would be a good place for me. And then, because remember, I've only been here a year and a half. So um, my clothing was down at the Irvine Spectrum, and I did really well there. And I, um, you know, realized that wow, you know, to be at the Irvine Spectrum is great. However, that's a very, very expensive, you know, first step. So I wanted to do, you know, kind of just my first store in and test it in a just like more of an upscale shopping center. So I. Um, found, you know, several locations, 
And it's true in retail. It really is location, location, location. So I found this um, one spot months ago that was right next to a yogurt place, right next to a very upscale nail lounge that's constantly busy. And it's got a great uh, restaurant right in it with a t- that brings in a ton of traffic. So I knew it was the right location, but I still went and did some more research to see what was out there. And finally I came back to the same location and I, even without a broker, just see how low that I could get them to go down. And also if they would consider a one-year lease. See, that's the interesting thing was I wanted to see if there was a place that would consider a one-year lease and this location, um, Uh, was up for it so it ended up being a really good decision I got a great rate and um, they are a great landlord and this is a great um, shopping center so I just had to do the old-fashioned you know what do you call it foot you know foot research (laughs) literally drove around sat in parking lots wrote down numbers called people But you've covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. I mean, it really is impressive to have you on the program and kind of hear your humility with it. But really, you're to be commended for um, the progress that you're making and have made. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I've I've worked hard. I've really, you know, haven't had, you know, what's that term? I feel like a, a solo entrepreneur, solopreneur. And um, you really just, if you want answers, you have to go out and, you know, do the homework and, you know, do things for yourself and really find out things for yourself. And, you know, I've been just, I feel like this is, I'm constantly educating myself on different aspects of this business. Every day I feel like um, there's some new uncharted territory, but I only look at that as something new I need to learn and figure out how, how to do it, how to do it right. And that, folks, is just one of the qualities of someone from Pennsylvania. Let me tell you, I can say that first. Well, I have to admit, I grew up in New Jersey, so I'm a Jersey girl. So, (laughs) and that's the quality of a Jersey proximity. You were close to Pennsylvania, that's for sure. You're probably drinking the water from PA, or maybe some of the beer from our city. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia, so. But I give got to give my my state of New Jersey some credit. It's great. That's a great place. Okay, it's a good place to be from. Um, let me ask you about a current challenge that you're facing right now in the business and what you're doing about mitigating that challenge from affecting your growth plans. Well, I'm a bit excited at, on how well this um, current store is being received. So I look at it as, uh, like to use the term, you know, some hockey stick growth. However, what I really aspire to is opening more stores. And the, the challenge that that poses is not only capital, but, you know, how do I replicate myself? And I have, do I go, do I franchise this opportunity? Do I do, you know, O&O stores? And, you know, what's nice is people walk into my store and they say, oh, is this a franchise? And my response is, thank you. <laughs> because it's like a compliment that, I'm doing the right things with, from a branding standpoint that make people think that this is a, a chain or a franchise. 
And then the next words out of their mouth is like, oh, you should franchise this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on it, right? <laughs> like, me and my, me and my uh, staff are on it, right? So um, my challenge is really um, figuring out, you know, are there business partners out there? Uh, because in 2013, I do want to expand. So my challenge is right now, how do I accomplish that? And I'm just, again, doing the footwork to um, educate myself. I just um, spent last Saturday, rather than going to the beach, I actually drove up to L.A. and scoped out one of my, I wouldn't say competitors, but somebody who's doing a similar kind of business model with the same target audience. And um, I learned so much, um, I just lucked out and got to speak to the owner and really learned a lot about what they're doing and you know that's how I'm going to learn is just learn by the people that are successfully doing it and trying to replicate that you know that is um, that's a great story because it is my experience that um, certainly <clears throat> successful entrepreneurs in different industries that may be able to give of their knowledge to help you will certainly do that and even people who are in a close proximity to you from a market and industry, if you approach them properly with the right intentions, they're not, they're willing to share with you their lessons learned too. And that can so much accelerate the progress of your business because it takes some of those fits and starts out of you doing it by yourself as an entrepreneur. That's a right, great story right. to hear that somebody like that in L.A. would spend time with you and share their knowledge. I know. I talked to a... Um one of my advisory board people today, who's a fabulous branding person, and you know, I because I was you know asking him some advice, and uh, and he said, you know, Cheryl, don't feel bad that you feel like you're in the dark. He said, I work with CEOs all day long in big companies, and trust me, they're all in the dark too, and they know it. You know, it's like, but CEOs don't like to admit that they're in the dark. But it's funny that when he said that, I was just laughed because I said, thank you so much for saying that because, you know, it's just good to know that, that you know, everybody's in the dark sometimes. You know, you just, it's hysterical. So I well, thought I this radio show. CEOs out there listening and they're laughing because they might be in the dark about something. <laughs> And that's why we do Critical Mass, the radio show, because it is an attempt to have people learn from the experiences of other business owners. You know, in the open, I say this show is to help our listening audience make better decisions. I believe that. That's why people listen to this program, because they're getting something from you that they can use in how they make decisions about their business, even if they're not in the clothing industry or anything close to what you're doing. Right, exactly. The business principles... Are translate across the board. Um, I listen to Brian Tracy tapes in the car, and, uh, you know, the principles have nothing to do with industry. It's just guiding principles for success. So, so uh, my final question for you today here on Critical Mass, the radio show, Cheryl, is fill us in a little bit more about your future strategy. In other words, Take us out more than the rest of this year or the next couple of years. Some point in the future, I don't know if it's three years, five years, you're going to be back on Critical Mass, the radio show. It may not take that long. 
but let's say we have you back again in three or five years. How is the company going to be different? Where do you see the growth opportunities beyond maybe the immediate opportunity to open a few more or additional stores? How do you see the business scaling? I see in three to five years that these stores are, there's hundreds of them across the country, and that number is probably low because if you take a retail chain like Justice, they have 900 stores around the country. So it may, t- it may have taken them 10 or 15 years to get there, but still I, um, I just see that the key for me is finding a, retail, a current retail partner that sees the value in this brand and concept and they want to majorly invest and, um, and you know, take it over, if you will, and um, roll it out globally. I think the um, brand has global appeal because of the messaging and the words, and the, it's just, um, it definitely has what I call mass market appeal. It's not a high-end niche type of thing. It's... Um, the empowerment message is, is very universal. And, um, you know, I, I happen to run into, in my travels, people like even in Australia and other um, places in Europe that have girls, and they're all the same. They love my clothing. They're like, when are you opening up in London? I'm like, well, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> so. Well, maybe this show will, somebody listening to the show today live or maybe as a podcast in the future will hear this and say, yeah, I think I can, I think I get her vision. And maybe if I can't help her, maybe I know somebody who knows somebody, which is another reason why it's good to be talking with business owners and entrepreneurs because of these kind of six degrees of separation. You never know who they know who might be able to help you. How does exactly. Someone... I just found out that um, Mark Burnett Productions is, is planning, you know, or you know, some type of retail reality show, and also they're looking to get behind a brand and take it globally. And I would love to get an audience with them and throw my hat in the ring. But I don't personally know anybody at Mark Burnett's Productions. But does it mean that I don't have friends that can um, make the introduction? But yeah, it's that kind of thing that you just need. You know, you, you get some information. You need an open door. Well, you know, um, one of our recent guests on the program back in June, her name is Shelly Ehler, and her company is Shono, and she was on Shark Tank. And oh, yeah, was, I've seen, um, I saw that episode. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yep, yep. And she's constantly um, helping other entrepreneurs who think that from exposure on Shark Tank, they might get the kind of um, investment that could take their business to the next level. So. Um, one degree of separation. If you're interested, I'd be more than happy to um, introduce you to Shelly because she, it's part of her mission to give back is to talk to other entrepreneurs who may want to pursue an episode on Shark, Shark Tank. That would be fabulous because she's right here in Orange County. Yeah, she is. She's right here in Ladera Ranch and um, she's she person and it's a wonderful product. You guys have some, you know, I mean, I think they're so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on Critical Mass Radio Show first. I will make that connection uh, immediately following the show by email. So, how does someone <laughs> find you if they want to find you, Cheryl? What What's your website, and how do they contact you? Well, my website is Bold Girls with a Z, and I'm Cheryl at Bold Girls. 
but it's easier just info at Bold Girls um, gets right to me. And you have been a very interesting guest. You've taken up the time miraculously as our featured guest. I've had a kick in the pants getting to know you better, and I can see why you were at the Entrepreneur of the Year. You were a nominee for the Entrepreneur of the Year, and um, I wish you nothing but continued success and and look forward to speaking with you again. Welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community, and thanks for being a friend of the show. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this, too host of Critical Mass, the radio show, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your business decisions move your company in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, the radio show, only on octalkradio.net.